Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today on possibly and most likely the final episode of 2018. In today's episode, we are going to be tackling the episode Wonder Wonder What? So before we begin, uh, like, you all know by now that I'm doing these in Netflix order, and this was the episode that got pushed down to a later, more Christmassy release date for scheduling, and, uh, it's done so because it's just it has winter in the title which I mean it's good for marketing but bad for continuity as you will see later on although because of this mix up this is the first episode to air on Discovery Family rather than the Hub Network it's the same channel they just changed the name either way let's uh Let's get started. So, it is winter in downtown city, and we see the Biscuit Manor all covered in snow. But not, like, covered, covered. Just, just you know, covered in snow. Whatever. You know what I mean. So, we go in, and we see Fisher reading the newspaper. But the twins interrupt him and give him their holiday wish list. And Fisher's, like... What is this? So, uh, the twins say that this list consists of 358, no, 359 things. And Fisher says, is that all? Sarcastically. And the twins say that they don't want to be too greedy. Oh my goodness. So Fisher then looks into the fireplace and uses a poker to ignite the flames more and reflects on his upbringing, saying that he only got one or two gifts for the holidays. The twins laughed and demand their first present. Fisher says that there will be no gifts for the twins until they understand the importance of giving. The twins have very little idea of what that is. And Fisher says that they should treat the less fortunate. The twins bring up that everyone is less fortunate than them, which is more or less a correct statement. I mean, I'm sure there are more affluent people, but... Like, I get it. They're they're technically right. So Fisher says that just one person will do. So all they have to do is help one person in need. The twins are distraught, but Whitney has a super duper idea that makes her super smart and asks Brittany who the biggest charity case they know is. And they say... Blythe. Uh, oh boy. Like, because I watched the episode and know where it goes, this, this just, like, really is sickening. 
So, uh, after the theme song, at the Littlest Pet Shop, Blythe is taking Zoe for a walk and says that maybe they can all go out later if it's not, like, too snowy or whatever. So, uh, she leaves... Zoe leaves and Mrs. Twombly walks in and introduces the rest of the pets to today's day camper, Parker the Penguin, all the way from Antarctica. So Mrs. Twombly says she has a sister there, but she isn't a penguin and wonders if Parker and her sister have met. You know what? Maybe. I wouldn't mind seeing that as like a little short, you know? Like, like... Maybe Mrs. Tomley's sister is doing some recon or something for a super secret spy agency. I don't know. I can believe that. And they run into Parker on one of those missions. Man, I would love to see that. Anyway, uh, Pepper tries to quote-unquote break the ice with a joke. However... Parker is a bit too sad to appreciate it. Uh, He wants to be outside because it reminds him of home. The pets come to the conclusion that Parker is homesick and Pepper tries another joke and everyone else laughs at it, but Parker is still a bit sad. Pepper says that she's glad she's not playing to a whole crowd of penguins, which gives Penny an idea. So meanwhile... Blythe and Zoe are walking around town, and Blythe comments on how pleasant the city looks with all of the snow just glistening. Zoe runs into a glass door and uh, looks at herself and says that she does look good. But it, it does look good, I mean. Suddenly, a car comes careening down and parks right behind Blythe in like, like, a, like a 180. Like, and all of the luggage off it comes falling off. And we see it's a limo, and it's the Biscuits limo, because they appear on top of the limo, ordering their driver to pick everything up. They turn to Blythe, they say it's something, which I forgot, but they were trying to say karma, and Blythe corrects them. And then invite Blythe to their winter chateau. Man, the fact that they even call it a chateau really just, like, sells you on how dirty they are. Blythe refuses, saying, Why would I want to go anywhere with you after everything you did to me? Which is a fair statement, but the Biscuits, being the Biscuits, seriously do not have any idea what she's talking about and think... That Blythe is making stuff up. Like, for whatever reason, they don't see how they've been mean to Blythe. Which, which it's, it's a fun trait to have in a villain. More so a fictional villain than a real one, but that's because we would have to deal with the Real villain, but well, that's that's not what we're talking about at the moment. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
So they order their driver out, and the driver comes out, and it looks like Francois. And Blythe asks because she thought Francois was fired, but the driver says that he is Francois too, Francois's twin brother. Blythe asks because it's odd that Francois has a twin brother also named Francois. And Francois, too, says that their parents weren't very creative. So they're just Francois and Francois, too. So the Biscuits ask Blythe again, and Blythe just outright refuses. So they order Francois, too, to hurry up, and uh, he does. Unfortunately, in the midst of pushing everything into the back of the limo... Uh, Francois too pushes Blythe and Zoe in and they ride along. So back at the pet shop, everyone else is putting on tuxedos in an attempt to cheer Parker up. So the plan is that they're all going to act like penguins and Russell thanks Blythe for her formal wear collection. So as an aside, even though the reason is tad silly because like you know penguins look like they're wearing tuxedos whatever i do appreciate a good everyone in suits moment i want more of that and and i mean everyone in suits not not formal wear where only the guys are in suits and the girls wear elegant dresses well i do appreciate a good elegant dress there's a lot of that but there's not as much everyone in suits. Like, boys in suits and girls in suits. Everyone in suits. I want that. Give me that. Everyone in suits, okay? Okay, this this has been a message brought to you by the Everyone in Suits Foundation. I would donate to that so hard. <laughs> anyway... So they go back to the play area and act like penguins to cheer Parker up. Parker is cheered up for a brief moment, but then gets even more homesick and literally cries snow. Is Parker like Iceman or a waterbender? If waterbenders can do that. I really need to see Avatar all the way through. I have the box set. I just... uh. I just need to find time to put it on. I don't know, maybe maybe I can find some time like next year or something. I don't know. There's only like not even a day and a half left in the year. I'm not gonna like just marathon that. I have other stuff I want to do. But it is something I do want to get around to. But Either way, this is the second time this season, or maybe third time, or something. I don't know. This is just another instance of me accusing someone of being a mutant, and oh, I love it. Either way, Pepper tries some more humor, but Parker recluses himself more, and Pepper takes it as a win because he stopped crying. The pets think that Blythe will return soon, And that means they get to go outside, which might cheer Parker up. So, uh, they go to the window and winter wonder, if you will, where Blythe 
is. So, the limo arrives at the chateau, and the twins get out saying that they need to sit down because being in a limo is exhausting. I know this is supposed to be a joke, but, like, sitting in a car is a bit exhausting, at least for me. Because, like, like it, it's very cramped, and I can't move, and, you know, I, I, like, like, being able to move is something I kind of like about relaxing, but, I mean, then again, they are in the limo, which has the benefit of legroom, but, so maybe they are just being lazy and just want everything on a silver plate or something. So they ask Francois, too, to unpack, and he pushes a button, which, like, there's a springboard in the back that launches the luggage out and Blythe and Zoe as well. And Zoe sees the chateau and likes it. The biscuits approach and greet Blythe and Pat. I knew you wanted to join us. Blythe explains what happened and says like she really didn't and asks if they heard the banging on the window. The twins are like, that was you? I thought it was like a limo ghost or something. So Blythe begins to call her dad to come pick her up, but her phone dies, and she asks if she can use the landline. The twins laugh and say, how 2005? They agree to let her use it, if they have one, while Francois too drags in all of the luggage. So if the chateau is as far north as it seems, they probably should have a landline because I'm not sure how good the cell service is up there. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like a telegraph machine in there still. So, in the chateau, Blythe is on like like a 50s phone? Which, you know what? I would not be surprised if the Biscuits thought that was from 2005 because it's that. And uh, she's talking with Roger and she wants to get picked up. But the biscuits offer up hot cocoa and slippers for her icky feet. But then they correct themselves to say achy feet. So they leave. And Zoe says that maybe they should stay. Saying that it is the season for giving. And Blythe is like for giving them a second chance to be good. To redeem themselves. And Blythe decides to take. Zoe and the Biscuits up on that. So, uh, she tells Roger that, um, she wants to stay for a bit and tells her him to tell Mrs. Twombly about what's going on. So, at the shop, Roger is relaying the information to Mrs. Twombly, and she relates, relays it to the pets during treat time. They are all shocked, but the pets are more sad because they won't be able to go outside, which Parker isn't going to like. Parker uh, sits back and is still sad. Vinny says that they can't hail a cab and have him drive to Antarctica. And Russell agrees with that, but Russell has the next best thing as he eyes the thermostat. So at the chateau... Blythe thanks Zoe for convincing her to stay, and that has been relatively okay so far. But the twins laugh at her talking to Zoe, 
And they comment on how that's what happens when you grow up like Blythe. Blythe says that she can hear them. So, again, if they were that close, why is Blythe so open about talking to Zoe like she's a person? Which she kind of... That's weird. The terminology for talking to pets as people is... Odd. But, maybe Blythe thinks that the biscuits are too dumb to figure it out but there's another explanation I will offer up later when the evidence presents itself either way <clears throat> the biscuits uh, then say that it's time for pedicures and order out the spa robot Robotella to do some pampering so maybe the chateau does have good Wi-Fi because the robot would need to connect to stay updated and it would have to have a pretty decent power source for a robot to charge, you know. This chateau is weird, to say the least. Like, it should be far away, but like, the events of the episode take place in the course of one day and like it should take a while for them to drive up to the chateau but it isn't if they're in like the New York City area like there shouldn't be a good mountain for this for a while like it just it's a bit confusing is what I'm saying. But like. like th They're able to make it there. Relatively easily. I don't know. It's. It's all confusing. But I mean. I also have an answer for that. Also later. But for right now. Uh, Robotella gives everyone a pedicure. And Blythe is amazed. And the Biscuits ask, you don't have your own spa robot? And Blythe is like, no. And uh, the Biscuits just like, are like, oh, Blythe, we know how hard it is on you. And Blythe informs them that just because she doesn't have a spa robot doesn't mean she has like harsh living conditions. But Whitney says that she's probably crazy from hunger and gives her the cucumbers that were just on Zoe, saying that they were grown from solid gold seeds and harvested by a team of unicorns. Brittany says that they are giving in more ways than just that, and the twins escort Blythe elsewhere. They first go to the dining hall and present Blythe with cold pizza, saying it's the most expensive meal she'll ever eat. And Blythe points out that it's just cold pizza. But the biscuits aren't just being mean here. Because this is apparently pizza from space. And it was delivered from space to their mountain. How does that work? I mean, all of that will be answered soon enough. Right, that's why I'm saving that. So, 
So then they get into the hot tub and I guess they had this, no, I don't guess. They had to have had a spare swimsuit because they buy all of their clothes and only wear them once. And like they pick out one of the thousands of swimsuits that I haven't worn and just give them to Blythe. And then just discard the one that goes with it because they're twins and I buy matching stuff. Or maybe it was like a leftover from when uh, like the biscuits successfully manipulated Blythe. Maybe they're like, we're saving this until Blythe becomes our real friend. <laughs> oh god, like they would do that too. They are that self-absorbed and that needy that, like, like they know Blythe will come around on them eventually, <laughs> and that when she does, like, they'll have everything ready for her. And oh god, I love this. <laughs> so, so yeah, they get in the hot tub, and they ask, "I bet you haven't been in the Relaxinator nine thousand before." Blythe says that she's been in a hot tub, but then it pans out and it's an Olympic-sized hot tub, which, I mean, I can and cannot see the arguments for that. It's it's interesting in its own right, but I don't know. Like, if you had an Olympic-sized hot tub, like, a lot of people would want to be in it, but... Well, again, we're going to get to it. So, we're we're <laughs> So, we're we're going to get to like rich people are awful station. But it does not have the same ring as casual racism. <laughs> so, they then go into a bedroom and present Blythe with a bed. Blythe says she sleeps in one every night. But the biscuits point out that this bed is made with swan feathers and clouds. To engineer you to relaxation. And like. Like they push Blythe onto the bed. And it is kind of relaxing. But it's a bit weird how the biscuits have been treating her. So. Um, back at the pet shop. Uh, they've dropped the temperature inside. To below freezing or freezing. And everyone else is shivering. But they are happy with their plan. And Vinny's the most wrapped up because he is cold-blooded and his tail falls off even because it's exposed. And, you know, being in the cold would probably kill him. But Parker's happy and he does some flips. Pepper tells another joke, and I remember it this time because it plays into a few seconds from now. So uh, the joke is, what do penguins like for lunch? Iceburger. <laughs> And then Parker gets sad again, and Penny says that that was actually a pretty good joke. So why are you upset? Parker explains that Pepper's joke reminds him of something that would make it even more homely for him. Or homey for him, I guess. Homely and... it's I don't... English is dumb. English is super dumb. But uh, Pepper says to herself, please say burgers, please say burgers. But Parker says, ice. The pets look at Pepper and say, like, way to go. <laughs> so the biscuits are in 
their room and they are complimenting each other on their ski outfits. Brittany says that they don't know how to ski and Whitney says that they'll just watch Blythe tumble down and just ride the lift back down. So meanwhile, Blythe and Zoe are also gearing up for skiing. Blythe is concerned about the biscuits' intentions, but Zoe says they're they're probably good. And Blythe says, like, I mean, they seem to be, but they're just backhanding everything. And it's just weird, but, you know, whatever. So they go off to ski, but Zoe trips in front of the biscuits room. And then here's what they're talking about. They call Black a charity case. And they are just waiting for their dad to show up to shower them with presents and give Blythe the boot. And Zoe realizes Blythe was right. So, back at the pet shop, the it is now completely frozen over. And Russell is getting the last of the water out of a hose. And, uh... Parker says that, like, he wants to go out on the ice, but Russell says it takes a bit. But Parker says that it looks frozen enough, and Vinny confirms it because his tongue is sticking to it. Without thinking, Sunil goes out to save his boyfriend, but slips around a bit, but he eventually gets up to Vinny, and he tries ripping it off, but uh, ice and tongue connections are strong, so they just end up slipping around in the circle with the tongue being the focal point, but eventually the tongue breaks loose, and uh, they crash, and they get tied up together in Vinny's tongue, which is a little more suggestive than just watching it. It's not at all suggestive when you're watching it, but like, you know, saying saying it out loud is, is a different thing. Either way, so Blythe and the Biscuits and Francois too are at the lift, and Blythe thinks that they've caught a break being the only people at the lift. But the Biscuits say, what is the point of owning your own mountain if you have to wait for the ski lift? First off, what is the point of having a ski lift if you own the entire mountain? Like, 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 why, like, like a, a ski lift with multiple chairs. Like, I can understand, like, one chair or two chairs, maybe. But, like, especially if you're not usually bringing people here, and doubly so if you don't know how to ski. Like, what's the point of having a complex system if you barely use it? Second off, how do you own the mountain? So here's my theory on this mountain's oddities. This is a built mountain. Like, like it's a man-made mountain. That's why it takes a short time between here and there and how all of this can happen in one day because they can just drive to it, like, you know, 30 minutes, an hour maybe, with no problem at all. And, like, it wasn't there historically, which is why... Like, it wouldn't, like, impact New York's growth as a city. And then the eventual disillusion of it between the three other cities that wanted to be a city. But even then, 
Like, it just, all it does is just point out how awful these rich people are. Because, like, if they have all of this land to make their own mountain, why not, like, make something useful? Like, land for farming or something. Like, or just, I don't know, but... Like, it would also, like, answer the question of how good the Wi-Fi is. And, like, it also answers the question of why there's just a landline there, too, and a robot. Because, like, like, it's stylized to be an actual rustic cabin, but it's inauthentic in every way. Much like the biscuits themselves. And because it's their environment, they they love it. And I guess it's authentic enough to be enjoyable, but when you have to take it with the biscuits, it's just dumb. So, Zoe comes out and uh, barks at the biscuits, and the biscuits call her a dingo and ask Francois too to take her away. So, uh, Francois picks her up, puts her on the lift, and uh, Blythe and the biscuits go on the lift, and uh, Blythe defends Zoe from this name calling, but Zoe keeps barking, and uh, Blythe asks Zoe to calm down. So uh, the biscuits think that uh, being able to talk to animals is her own made-up superpower, and they can't wait to tell everyone. And I know what you're thinking. They have superpowers, don't they, James? At least that's what you told us. And I did. So here's the thing with that. Maybe they think that only rich people can have superpowers. (laughs) Like, it makes sense. Like, when they think about it that way, like, they're, they're too blind by their own riches to see that maybe other people are superpowered (laughs) and like it makes sense for their character too because like like they're just horrible rich people (laughs) and like what what's more horrible than believing that like superpowers are only for this exclusive group of people i mean in a sense they are because like in a lot of superhero fiction a lot of people don't have superpowers but like it also it like like the the determining factor of like who gets superpowers like is money to them but it's just random chance in most <laughs> universes and i guess it is random chance in this universe as well And they just don't realize it, which makes sense for them. So, back at the pet shop, uh, with everything being icy, Parker uh, is ready to get going. But uh, Mrs. Trombley senses that something is wrong. She sees the day camp being frozen over from the inside. Mrs. Trombley walks in and slips on the ice. But she's tough and doesn't need to go to the hospital, but instead sees that the thermostat is at zero degrees. I'm assuming Fahrenheit in this instance, 
because while cel zero Celsius is freezing, like putting it at zero Fahrenheit would freeze it faster, I'd imagine. I think. Anyway, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, like, if, like, the amount of cold, like, like, accelerates the rate of freezing. If you are a scientist and know this information, please tell me. I would be interested to know. Anyway, so Mrs. Twombly turns up the thermostat and, like, everything melts instantly. Like, like, it's instant because like when uh parker like is getting ready to jump and slip on the ice because he's a penguin and he can do that safely it turns into a puddle like instantly and i wouldn't mind having a thermostat like that but i bet it would take up a lot of energy and i mean until we get a good source of clean energy like like actually instituted like because we have a good source of clean energy but just don't institute it. I don't know. Either way, uh, Mrs. Trombley has like like a machine to sort out the dampness that uh, this has created. I forgot the name of it, but she has it. And the pets apologize to Parker, but Parker says that he's not homesick anymore because he realizes that home doesn't have to be a place. It can be like a group of people who care about you enough to do stuff for you and like throughout all of this like Parker realizes that there is friends and you know they all have a moment and then Parker gives out a joke uh he says what do you call it when a penguin smiles a penguin and uh everyone laughs and he and Pepper high five so Back at the chateau, at the top of the fake mountain, uh, Blythe goes to see what Zoe's barking about. So they get away far enough where Zoe can actually talk to Blythe. And Zoe explains what she heard the biscuits uh, talking about. And Blythe says she knew it and goes to confront them. But before she can, the biscuits offer her the opportunity to ski down the mountain like they do on Francois II's back and Francois II prepares himself for it but Blythe just explodes on the biscuits saying that like she knows how to ski and that she doesn't need all of the accommodations they have and that she knows that they're using her and the biscuits get mean mean again and saying that they're just waiting for their dad to arrive to show that we can be nice but then Francois too takes off his mask and reveals himself to be Fisher Biscuit, saying, I'm already here. And <laughs> oh, I love that it's like this. It's so amazing. So the twins are surprised and Whitney says, Rot Rot. Before the twins just start falling on the mountain on their skis with no control, Fisher calls out to them and Blythe uh, loads Zoe up in her coat and skis down. Zoe asks what she's doing and Blythe says she's saving the biscuits. Did I really say that? So 
Blythe races to the free falling biscuits and they take some slopes. There's a route. And then they go into a cave. And then when they get out of the cave, Blythe noticed that she's ahead of the biscuits and they are heading for like like a cliffside. <laughs> like they, this is how rich people would design it cuz like they would design it so that they could turn and just see this grand design like like a real honest to goodness legit ski thing shouldn't have like like just an exposed cliff on one of its roots. So like Blythe extends her ski poles to the biscuits and they grab on and they swing around over the cliff back onto the land and then they take the rest of the route down to the bottom of the mountain and Fisher, who is following behind, comes back and thanks Blythe for saving his girls. So, after all that, uh, the twins pop up and try to play it off like they knew the whole time and they just kept it up because it was such a mean trick that you would do this to us, Daddy. But Blythe points out that by wasting time on her, they lost the opportunity to help someone who actually needed it. Fisher agrees with that and he knows just the person. He rings the little bell and Francois shows up. Fisher explains that he has hired back Francois at double the salary. And if the twins can be nice to him, maybe they will get one or two presents. The twins are upset, but they go along with it. Francois offers to drive Blythe home. Blythe accepts. And later that day, which is sort of why I said that this has to be man-made because like like you can't spend that much time on like like a mountain that takes like hours to get to and hours to get back from and still have it be the same day so it has to be just like a created mountain like 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 a created recreational fake mountain so um uh, <laughs> So they're back in downtown city and the pets and Blythe and Parker are at an ice rink and Parker is just living it up. So then Blythe asks them to form a chain and they form a chain and Vinny is at the end and Sunil grabs Vinny's tongue, which has a bandage on it. And Vinny's like, whoa! And then, uh, then he gets thrown into a snowbank on accident and everyone laughs because Vinny's all right, I guess. It, he's not too damaged. So, Blythe takes a picture of all of them and then sends a text. Meanwhile, at the chateau, the biscuits are being pampered by Robotella again, and they receive the text from Blythe with the picture and the words being, this is what the season is all about. The biscuits, not learning anything, just asks how she got this number. So that ends the episode. Uh, so this is kind of why I say Netflix order is the true order. Because like it, it has a bit of continuity from season two. And it's the first bit of like 
continuity, continuity that we get. Like, like we assume that everything has happened up to that point, but like with, with the confirmation this episode provides with like the rehiring of Francois, uh, like I, I just say that this is the actual order you should be watching this in. Like, like it's mostly fine i guess if you want to watch it in air date order but i mean this is the order i learned and it's the order that makes sense but what i will say about this episode aside from that is that it was it was fun for the most part it was like it's fun to see how ridiculous rich people are because like like, they build their own mounds. They have pizza from space. This is like a child's imagination of what rich people life should be like. Like, they have pizza from space. They have super comfortable beds. Olympic-sized uh, hot tubs. Like, their own mountain with, like, a robot at the mountain on top of the robots they have. Like, like... <laughs> It's so funny to see how, like, crazy rich these jerks are. And, like, like the thing with, like, Parker is, like, a sweet story and all. I, I, I think they maybe should have expanded on it a little bit. Like, like I said, maybe this should be, like, an hour-long show so that we can get more of this and more ridiculous rich people fare. But like like I, I don't think it it's worse for it being this short. I just think like like having more would be a bit better. I don't know, it's weird. Like just just seeing how terrible the biscuits are is so amazing sometimes. Like it just it just is. So, anyway, that should wrap it up for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else you find RSS feeds. When they're slammed into the back of a trunk heading to a fake mountain owned by fake people. <clears throat> and be sure to tune in to the next episode, Sleeper. I will see you then, and I will see you next year. By the way, I think it says a lot about this show that I did not question the existence of Francois II. Like, it just makes sense that there would be a Francois II in this show. Because that's sort of what I'm expecting. Like, like it just, it just makes sense for this show. Like, if it was any other show, my eyebrow would be raised, but...
It just makes sense here. Even though it turned out to be untrue, it just makes sense. <laughs>